check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GEA Podcast on We Are Cavan. I'm Damien Donahue and on this week's show we're going to be looking back over Cavan ladies playing out a very entertaining draw with Armagh in round two of the Little National Football League. We'll also be looking ahead to Cavan against Mead in the Alliance League's round three of Division Two, top of the table clash there. I'll be catching up with uh, Connie O'Reilly from New York and um, from well, from Cavan, living in New York a long time, and he'll be telling us about the fundraising efforts that are going on over in the States for the development of the Polo Grounds um, Centre of Excellence in Cavan and the wonderful work that they're doing. And um, later on, we'll be chatting to Paul Fitzpatrick from the Anglo Celt. But I started off by catching up with that Cavan man, Connie O'Reilly, who was filling us in on how the fundraising efforts are going over in New York. This April three years ago, uh, when Cavan came out to New York, uh, Martin McGovern uh, mentioned to me the possibility of fundraising in America. And I said, yeah, there's a good possibility because the people, the Cavan diaspora that came forward to bring Cavan out here three years ago uh, were were just very impressive and they came uh, willingly with money. And at that time, we, we covered the cost of bringing Cavan out and uh, it worked out good. So... That's where it started. I went back to Cavan then. We talked a little bit about the Centre of Excellence and talked to Terry Highland and Jerry Brady and uh, and uh, we looked at the place up near Virginia. But Terry Highland was saying it would be better if we had it in, in Breffney Park uh, or near Breffney Park or closer to the to the grounds. So cut to the chase and this piece of land came up and uh, Cavan County Board bought it and... Um, then um, I said I'd help them out with fundraising here in America. So um, we put a committee together and uh, we started selling boxes for the Super Bowl, which is on this Sunday. Philadelphia are uh, playing the New England Patriots. And we sold a uh, man a quarterback. 200, 200 boxes at $1,000 each. So 50% goes to the winners and 50% goes to the Cabin County Board for to be used specifically for the Centre of Excellence. So we have $100,000 collected, and I'll be over um, a week from Saturday, and I'll give it to, to Paddy Shannon or, or to Terry Highland to do what they feel fit to do with it. Specifically, ring-fenced for the Centre of Excellence. It's... It's... And, uh, Connie, it's uh, just just to cut you across there slightly. It's so uh, an awful lot of people. Anybody who has been in Kingspan Breffney over the last five or six weeks will will have noticed that there's a new plaque up or a new kind of advertising hoarding just at the edge of the river on the car park. Um, and all the trees of the land that has been purchased by Calvin County Board have been cleared. And on that land, there's going to be two full size floodlit pitches. Um, put in for Cavan County Board, which is 
vastly needed because currently the team having senior footballers and, and the ladies and, and the underage teams, they struggle to get pitches to train on. So the, the beautiful thing about what, what yourselves and the people in, in, in America, I suppose this is all across America, are doing is creating a facility that can train the cabin teams to be the best that they can be. Absolutely. We want to see uh, talent coming through, and that costs money. And uh, listen to uh, what uh, Terry was talking about with Jerry Brady and and, uh, and the county board was saying that we need money to do this. And I have to tell you, the, the cabin diaspora all over the United States, all over North America, came like, like they always done. They came to the fore with money, and it was... It was the easy sell. Like we had to convince people uh, that this is the best. This is best thing for the county. That we love training our young boys and girls, and we love talent. A wave of talent come through. The the support that we got was just overwhelming. I mean, very emotional. Um, I have to name a few people that on the committee that stood out. Yvonne the Gunner uh, was the secretary, and my God. Um, I hope I don't offend anybody saying the gunner. <laughs> we all call him the gunner. Well, yes, that's, that, that's a compliment in these parts, Connie. <laughs> she was a star. Uh, and Philip Sheridan was uh, our co-chair, and Philip did Trojan work. Uh, there's one person that that was amazing who ran the boxes, and that's Brethany uh, James Smith from Knockbride. He... Uh, he, it was, he was on the money every day. When somebody buy a box immediately, he went out to a group text to say that uh, Damien Dunnahall's box number 51, so that box was closed out immediately. Or, or And uh, yeah. it was um, PJ Smith from the Cavan Football Club. PJ sold care, man. alone. Uh, he sold 40-plus boxes, over wow. 40 boxes. Wow. I mean, Amazing. it's incredible. Um, um, roughly, who, who else did I, uh, this, uh, Paddy, uh, Jumper Riley from, he was the treasurer, did yeoman's work. And they were in O'Reilly's last night, sitting at a table for hours trying to get the money sorted out. And you uh, look at them and say, my God, like, their heart's in the right place. Yeah. I, I, I can only say that, Probably I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth to be able to have people like this around me, people that make it uh, make it work. It's and uh, Tony Lennon from Coot Hill yeah. worked hard on, on Long Island uh, to get people going, and, and oh, it was just uh, Michael Givney was another guy. There's so many people that. that just worked so hard. You were saying to me off air, Mike Riley as well from the Cavan Club. Oh my God, yeah, worked so hard. And and um, Mike Mike Defall, he worked very hard. Mike had the dugout queen. Yeah, his support, his support was huge. Yeah. And then we went on. Uh, we had talked about broadening broadening it across the United States. We thought it would sell better if we could say we got people from other cities. So when um, um, Paddy Shane came out here back at the end of uh, November, just a week before Thanksgiving uh, last year, and 
made a ton of phone calls, got the thing rolling, and then uh, Jerry Bray and Martin McGovern and Terry Highland came out, and we took a trip down to Philadelphia the Saturday after um, Thanksgiving, and we got uh, in the former committee down there, John Cullen and John Gilson, led the charge down there, and they were instrumental in us being able to sell the second wave of boxes. And then I made a call to California, to uh, San Francisco. Eamon Riley, uh, who's married uh, to um, a girl, Frankie Dolan and him are married to two sisters. So they they came on board with about 15 boxes. And when I say Eamon Riley, there's a lot of Fitzpatrick's on that name as well. So I think they're all related or uh, intertwined somewhere. So that was it. It was just, it was just powerful stuff. Well, just just to explain, and again, for for people who aren't maybe fans of of the American football, buying boxes for the Super Bowl. Explain the concept of it. So they, there were two hundred boxes. Um, the, a person would come and give a number, and obviously buy the box. But what's the relevance yeah. of the box number? Well. On on each, we sold 200. So on each uh, pad, there's 100 boxes. So if, let's say, if um, Connie Riley calls up and says, well, I'd like to get box number 50. Bethany would tell him, box number 50 is sold. I can offer you 49, 51, 48, 52. And that's he take it. So let's take that, that box. And then last night we drew the numbers. So the numbers are drawn by card, cards from 1 to 10. So on the top, you'd have the New England Patriots. Okay. And I say the first number drawn could be number 7. So in, in the first box, over it, you put number 7. Next number could be num- number 2. And you go all the way down to 0. So um, then when the, those 10 numbers are drawn, you'd get a new uh, deck of cards one to ten, and you draw Philadelphia. So the first box drawn could be, uh, say, two. Uh, so if if New England um, beat or uh, whatever whatever it is, if it, the score line ends up seven two, it could be seventeen twelve, it'd be okay. twenty seven twenty two. Then the box number one would win it. I get you. I get you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so, so if there's a we, seven in, in, in the scoring of a team, of the winning yeah. team. So if, if it's seven, uh, 17, 27, uh, or and if it's three, 13, 33, or whatever, 23, a seven and a three would win it, you know? Excellent, excellent. So, so, so there's, a, there's, a, yeah. there's a winner in each line, and that winner receives how much? Well, uh, the prize has to go out for the first quarter is $5,000. Right, right. Uh, for the halftime score, it's $15,000. The third quarter is $5,000. And the final score, and I mean, need to be clear with this, the final score, it was tied after four quarters, that's not the final score, it goes into overtime. Okay. The final score, the winner gets $25,000. Wow. So, Great prizes. we paid out 50000 50, per per box. Per and, per. Uh, Fifty thousand goes to the Cavan uh, Centre of Excellence. That's it, it, it's it's phenomenal, Connie. 
for somebody living in Cav and, and, and obviously we were your guests over in New York a few years ago and, and we got to see a little glimpse into the, the passion that the, the Cav and people in New York have. But how you, you were saying to me that it, it was overwhelming how easy you found it because people supported it and they wanted to support it. What do you think is the, the reason behind that? Why are, why are Cav and people overseas so happy to lend a hand when asked? Well, they want success. They want to see us compete at the top level. We're not expecting medals tomorrow or, or a year from now, but we need to we need to put our best team, boys and girls, on the field, whether it be underage or under-16 or minor or under-17 or under-20s, uh, which is under-21. Mm. We need to see progress. And uh, we we were told, without a centre of excellence, we're not able to compete. Oh, and we get that. And we, so now we will we will provide provide a facility for our young boys and girls where they get the same training as a Dublin or or Kerry or teams yeah. in the West or perhaps comparable to Tyrone. So, uh, but the, the difference is we have it all in in Breffney Park. Yeah, we have we have everything in the heart of the county. Yeah, and uh, there's no doubt about it. We, we, Cavan people out here want success. We we came up with the name for the polo grounds with Martin and Terry and Jerry and everybody because it, it's it's a part of history. It's a part of Irish history. Uh, with the, the All Ireland was played there in '47 to commemorate Angora uh, Moore and the millions of Irish people that had uh, had to go to the four corners of the earth, and a million people who starved from starvation in Ireland. Mm. And Cavan played Kerry, as you know, that that day in the All Ireland, and we we won that game. Mm. And then 21 years ago, we had the 50th commemoration of the '47. All Ireland, and that was a huge success. And again, Cavan was the driving force behind that. It was 95% Cavan and 5% Kerry, you know, and of course they lost the game, so they weren't as enthusiastic about it as we were. <laughs> so, that, that being said, we feel that the center of excellence, named, naming it the Polo Grounds, this is where we win. We come from a winning background. Yeah. And we, ta- we thought that it, it would resonate well with the players. Yeah, I t- nobody it'll, it'll never be played again outside of Ireland. No, no. It's one time, one shot, and Cavan are down the history books forever. Yeah, I, I thought when I heard um, that that the centre of excellence was going to be named the Polo Grounds for the reasons that you're just after stating, for the the uniqueness of the occasion, for the fact that it'll never happen again, for the fact that in that period we were. The, the best in the country and that's that's something that we need to hold on to and remember back that Cavan are capable of being the very best in the country we just have to put the facilities in place but it's um i have to say when when i met you before christmas and uh, you you're you're at the Cavan um, county convention and you were telling me the ambition of the the group of people in america to raise a sum like this, I thought 
there's there's not a chance they're going to be able to do that. And when I was so delighted when you sent me the the text to say that listen, we've got this. We 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 have to recognise the contribution of the Cavan people overseas to Cavan GA. It's it's just second to none. And and Connie, I suppose as as the head of that you 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 lead the charges, so you have to take a huge amount of credit for for the work you're doing. Uh thanks. Uh, I mean, it's 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 good. Uh, it's great, but it's bigger than it's bigger than any one of us. There's a passion there that people call me from Philadelphia, from San Francisco, from Atlanta, Georgia, saying, "I, I wish we could do more." I mean. And I just say, my God, what you've done is incredible. Yeah. The, 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 it was just, it was very emotional last night. You know, not to say thanks to the people who worked so hard. I mean, uh, what I would ask from the county board is if you could deliver on our underage, get this moving and get, get our boys and girls to be the best can be when, they, when we put it well in that field. And we have, Respect for that jersey. I, I was down in um, New Zealand uh, over two years ago, two and a half years ago, and I talked to a few people that were involved with uh, the All Blacks, and that's what I'd, I'd like to see, and that's what we'd all like to see here in America. Respect for the uh, the All Blacks are held in high esteem. We might have played for them 50 years ago. My God, you're an All Black for life. Mm-hmm. We would like that for Cavan. This whatever Damien Donahoe played on the county and whether he had one game or 101 games that that he's held in high esteem and he holds that jersey in high esteem also that's what we'd like to see yeah yeah well look at nobody nobody can say that that uh, that our 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 Cavan supporters overseas aren't willing to put their shoulder to the wheel because my god you have got that wheel going at, at an immense pace and and Connie we want to thank you from from I suppose maybe speaking as a representative of Cavan supporters what you're doing is 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 unbelievable it's phenomenal work and and thanks for taking the time to join us on the We Are Cavan podcast um my pleasure Damien and and this is a, a, a now, we're in it for the long haul we have committed to a million dollars over the period of five years, and I believe we can deliver on that number. And uh, we will see Cavan uh, in Crow Park. It was a pleasure this year to see our miners up in Crow Park. Uh, you know, uh, we'll, if we can get there again, that that shows us that the flame is still burning in Cavan, and it'll never go out. Uh, so thank you very much, Damien. And again, if whoever on the committee is listening to this, thank you, committee, each and every one of you. I could not have envisioned such a great bunch of people working so closely together and helping each other out and being there for each other. Thank you all. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Yeah, delighted to be joined in the studio now by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor with the Anglo-Celt. I suppose, Paul, 
every county now is looking to try to get the best facilities they can get to 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 bring themselves up to as high a standard as possible and without the likes of the fundraising that that Connie and his committee and all of the people over in the in the United States are doing Cavan wouldn't be able to do this center of excellence. Yeah, Cavan has a brilliant stadium um and there's a lot of very good capital projects that have gone on around the county in the last few years but um the problem they have at the minute is they don't have a full size grass pitch to train on. Darren McVitie referenced it uh, recently about Cavan's poor home record at senior level in league and championship. Um, he said that the away team gets on the pitch nearly as much as the home team. Mm. So I know there's there's plans in the pipeline for a new pitch. They've, they have access grant funding for that. They're just waiting to, to get at it. Um, so there's going to be a new surface on on Kingspan Brefty on the main pitch, but they do need another pitch or two. You see other counties with four, five, six pitches at their disposal. Cavan, all you have is the 3G and then the quarter length pitch um, there yeah. beside the car park. So it's something that's needed um, and I think it'll be a great addition. Yeah, it will and well done to all involved. I suppose moving on, uh, you were down in Bombay at the weekend, Cavan ladies taking on Armagh and an absolute cracker. It finished 2.14 apiece in the Little National Football League Division 2 clash. I suppose th- this would be considered a top of the table clash as in two teams that would really fancy their chances of promotion. Yeah, it was a brilliant game of football. I, I haven't got to see the Cavan ladies that much in the last couple of years, but it was a hell of a game of football, a very high standard. Um, Ashley didn't score the goal, and it was as good as you, you'd see anywhere um, at the start of the second half. So basically, to run you through the game, uh, early on, Cavan went 2-0 up with a couple of frees with Ashley Doonan and Brona Sheridan. Armagh got a goal from Amy Mackin, who is an absolutely brilliant player, I have to say. It's fortunate I've seen her in the flesh, and uh, she'd remind you of Jamie Clark. She has a very similar style. She's upright on the ball, and her balance is unbelievable, and she can kick brilliantly off both feet. Mm-hmm. She's, her, ball, her ball skills are ah, just amazing. She, she's fantastic, and she's she's taking a step ahead. I think it was Rachel Doonan that was marking her and did it did as good a job as can be done on her, especially when the ball was coming in high. Rachel Doonan was was coping well with it, but Amy Mackin is as close as you can get to unmarkable. She's absolutely unbelievable. But um, she got a goal, chipped the goalkeeper, soccer style. You know the the level of skill was un, unreal. I know she is an international soccer player as well, but um, Cavan then got, took over and Ashley Sheridan was doing really well um, at full forward. At full forward, she's she's very very strong and direct, mm. and uh, she could have had two or three goals. She hit the crossbar towards the end and it went over for a point, and she did palm in a goal. Um, she definitely could have had a hat trick, but like her finishing isn't the strongest part of her game, but. Her, her strength and her, her directness, she'd remind me a bit of Fintan Cahill in, in his prime where she just t- gets the ball and she just goes for goal and takes on a defender. And so a player like that is hard to stop. I thought you, said, I thought you were going to say there she's arrogant and, and very, very confident in her own ability. <laughs> That's Reminds you of Fintan Cahill. I didn't say that about <laughs> Fintan if you're listening. But uh, she's good crack, I'd say. But uh, uh, yeah, so the second, as Cavan were winning at half time, uh, I think it was 10 points to 1 5. And uh started the second half, Cavan got two goals. To go, to go. Am I right in saying that two ten to one five ahead? Yeah. So the goal, the first goal was Ashley Doon and Brona Sheridan was fouled about thirty yards from goal. Ashley, or she looked up quickly and took the free really quick. Spotted Ashley in space. She cut across. They were obviously watching her left foot. She sort of cut across the defender and then finished back across her body into the bottom left hand corner with her right foot. It was absolutely wow. brilliantly done. It was a class finish. And then a couple of minutes later, a high ball came in. I think it was. Um, can't remember what player was pammed it on, but uh, 
Ashton Sheridan palmed it into the net and that gave Cavan a great lead but our man knuckled down they have some great players as well like Caroline O'Hanlon was very good and our man actually took the lead towards the end and then Cavan lost Sinead Green to a very harsh uh, sin binning and uh, Cavan nudged in front Brona Sheridan was playing very well her relationship with Ashton Dern was telepathic it was absolutely fantastic um, and Cavan thought they had a one I suppose but the ball went to Amy Mackin in the left corner and uh, she just she scored an absolutely brilliant point one of the best points of the game from tight angle it was as good as you would and I'm not being patronising it was as good as you would see out of any Dublin footballer it was absolutely brilliant and uh, so a draw was a fair result I was standing beside one of the, the Armagh supporters his wife was playing in the defence for Armagh she's been playing for something like 19 years he was telling me so that's the dedication in ladies football fantastic and, and I definitely will be going back to see Cavan again yeah definitely I suppose it was a difficult one for Cavan manager James Daly um, managing against his home county but by all accounts his uh, his loyalty is definitely with Cavan from what I'm hearing the, the, the level of effort he's putting in is absolutely huge so um, a draw there is not a bad result it keeps Cavan in the hunt for promotion yeah it was a heavy pitch fantastic facilities in, in Temple Port as we know but just the time of year the surface was very dead you couldn't really bounce the ball and um, so it would be interesting to see if both teams played on a fast surface who would it suit better it might suit Cavan mm-hmm. or it might suit Armagh but they're two pretty evenly matched teams I think Armagh were missing one or two but Cavan were missing Don English anyway and probably another one or two as well so um, two good teams I think they'll meet again before the year is out yeah I'm sure they will moving on I suppose uh, to the lads football at this point and um, Cavan I suppose beating Mead we, we can or sorry I'm, I'm I'm jumping a week ahead of myself here, hopefully. Uh, Cavan beaten loud last weekend, very comfortably. We'll not dwell too long on this. Um, you know, it was a really good performance. Kind of want to focus a wee bit more on the mid game. But what what were you happiest? What made you happiest about the uh, the loud performance? Uh, I thought I thought the first twenty minutes was brilliant because Cavan had a great intensity and they did everything really fast at pace they moved the ball fast the forwards were full of running and I heard that they only trained once in the week before isn't that a key point? yeah it has to I be I think that's, no. that's been I don't know anything about preparing teams like I know you're involved in preparing teams but that you know freshness is a huge thing Yeah, and you could just see it they were jumping out of their skin and uh, they went off the boil then like they were, they were pouring forward but they went off the boil then coming up to half time and uh went in 10-8 in front and allowed cut the gap to 10-9 mm. and then once Cavan got their first goal in the second half I thought it sort of took on it was a bit like a challenge match in that it was complete one way traffic and Loud dropped ahead at one stage Ryan Bournes who kicked some great frees at 45 so at one stage he took a 20 yard free and he just he was fouled got up and just kicked mm. it wide and thought that was a sign that they sort of given up the ghost Loud did look like a team that you're, you're, I think you hit the nail on the head with that when the goals went in, the belief was gone in them. The belief was probably gone, but it definitely just knocked them, you know, for knocked them for six that they they just didn't see any way how they could figure to get out of a situation on an away game that they were going to get something from that game. Like they looked like a team which we had highlighted thanks to the We Are Loud podcast that you know they're not that used to playing with each other. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like they've lost an awful lot of players, more than Cavan even, and it showed. And I, I wrote a column about Pete McGrath this week. The great gentleman that he is of the GA. He's a man I really admire from a distance. I met him once when I was fifteen, uh, but I haven't met him since. He was a friend of my uh, late grand uncle uh, who was involved in Down County Board. But um, yeah, it's going to be a long year for Loud. Mm-hmm. I think, and not in the good sense of a long year. I think it's going to be a tough year for them. Um, I do think, and I'm not. I'm, 
conscious not to be negative because we all would have taken three points before the season, especially coming off the back of that to our own defeat in the McKenna Cup. But I do think Cavan have probably played the worst two teams in the division. Um, and we saw that. Like I thought Clare report, Mickey Hannon, who knows a good deal more about football than I do, he said uh, that he didn't think Clare he didn't think Clare were a good team and they wouldn't win many games after that. And I, I would have to agree with him. Um, Mead gave them an awful tank in a 14-point defeat. So on the strength of that form, you'd have to say Mead are going to be favourites coming to Berkeley. They're not at the moment with the bookies. It's even money each side. But, um, you know, they put 14 points on Clare. And, you know, I thought we Cavan could have won the game, but I still thought Clare were the better team against Cavan in that Cavan caught them cold with a goal uh, in the first yeah. minute. And first half, Clare were by far the better team. But if you look at it, Cavan caught them cold. Cavan basically had a three-point head start on the scoreboard. The game hadn't even started. The ball was in the net. And then Cavan scored 1-2 in the space of two minutes in the second half. That's that's mm. two two out of out of two nine. Otherwise, in the other fifty seven minutes, Cavan only managed seven points against them. I know. You Look, can't you, take, you, yeah, you, can't you, take that away, but you could manipulate stats in any way you, that can, you want. But Cavan got two two little sort of caught them for two soccer punches really. With like the, the goals, the goal, yeah. the goal, and they won the next two kickouts and two points, and that just transformed the game. Like that made it a one point I game in the second half. Yeah. So, um, but look, looking forward, like. Let's, but, uh, let's again, look at the a bigger great, picture. A great performance by Cavan. Yeah, like, you can only beat what's put in front of you. And they were brilliant. And it's fantastic to see Key and Mackey going so well at this time of year. He's back and he looks fresh and fit. And Niall Morey was a big addition. He was. He was. Like They are getting players back. It was great to see Garoja yeah. McKernan coming on as well. So, um, like, yeah, let's, let's look at it as a as a as not just take it that loud and I, I definitely agree with your point loud or poor and Clare are quite poor but let's look at it from what Cavan could have done in those games right they looked tired against Clare to yeah. be honest they yeah. didn't look fresh they they corrected that the following week I thought they looked very fresh coming out against Loud and the performance came up an awful lot bar maybe a 15 minute dip before half time Cavan were in complete control for that entire game yeah. which I, which was a big improvement on the previous week um, and that was even the Clare game was a big improvement on the Tyrone so the, definitely the curve is going up at the minute yeah. now has it gone up enough to match what, what Mead are going to bring I think it's a good point to bring in um, Mickey Brennan here because caught up with him a wee bit earlier on and uh, got his opinion on this So Mickey looking ahead to this weekend Cavan it's Cavan footballer born in Mead now playing his club football in Mead Where's your where's your loyalty is going to lie at this this game on Saturday night, Mickey? <laughs> Start off with the big question. Straight, straight in, straight in with that one, Davy. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, we need to. Yeah, know. Uh, talk about putting me on the spot. Uh, look, it's it, it's not about loyalties at this stage. It's about realities, I suppose, and and looking at the game uh, uh, from from both sides and seeing who can win it. Uh, I suppose you look at last weekend and Cavan demolished. Uh, uh, loud in a similar fashion to me demolishing Clare um, so it looks like both of them got their league campaigns back up and running after a shaky start the first week Mead trailed by uh, five points to Roscommon and came back in that game uh, to go four points ahead and, and threw away a lead in, 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 ex- in added time of that game so that was a disappointing result for Mead um, but having played second fiddle for most of that game there's subs bench that made the difference then you look at uh, uh, Cavan again they had a shaky start against Clare uh, the 10 debutants uh, started the game with 3 debutants coming on so uh, and, and they, they they ground out uh, uh, 
draw against uh, a Clare down in Ennis. So I suppose when you like when you look at the, both of them, they're, they're probably coming into the game in, in in a similar vein of form. Both teams getting players back as well from injury and stuff. But the two teams are in transition, but I just think that Mead's transition is a little bit further on than Cavan's, and that probably gives them the edge this weekend. Yeah, looking, give us a wee bit of dirt on, on, on the Mead, lads. I know your club mates, uh, Sean Tobin and uh, P. McKeever, are, are making a huge impact at the minute, especially McKeever. He scored seven points against Clare at the weekend. Yeah, he scored seven points against Clare. Sean Tobin was due to start as well. They'd, both of them had come on and made the difference against uh, Roscommon. Mead were five points down. Uh, Andy McEntee introduced the two lads, and they were they were the ones who scored the five points to get Mead back on level terms. And then a goal and a point after that was actually um, orchestrated by the two boys again. So they've had a huge impact. Sean Tobin didn't start then against Clare, but he did come on. Uh, in the closing stages and, and did very well. Paul McKeever really is a live wire. They're two guys that can, they know where the goalposts are and they're very, very direct. Another one of my club mates is playing at wing back, that's Breen Conlon. He's only uh, 19 or 20 years of age. He's a really, really good prospect um, for me football. He's a big, big man. He's athletic. He's, he's coming from a rugby background as well, um, similar to Connor Nash. So, you know, they're, they're doing well. As well as that, uh, a couple of other lads that have come off the bench and done well. Eamon Wallace. Uh, brother of Joey Wallace, an older brother of Joey Wallace on the Mead team. He's uh, uh, very, very fast. He, I think he's a. Uh, yeah, he's. I think he's an All Ireland 200 meter uh, champion. Um, you know, so he's got plenty of pace. And uh, another lad, Dan Dan Wright. Uh, Dan Dan Riley from from Wolf Tones just out the road from my club. He's another player that's come in and done very well. So and then you've got Killian O'Sullivan who's playing there at full forward. So there's a lot of pace in the mid forward line as well as that. I suppose the ex captain Graham Riley, another fella that knows where the where the uh, where the posts are, very very accurate. Um, and it, it, again, if you look back to two years ago when Mead played Cavan in. Uh, Park Tolchin and Navin. He did all the damage in the first half, but Killian, yeah. Killian Clark did did uh, stop him in the second half. And once they were Cavan were able to stop him two years ago, that's when Cavan were able to make hay. But it's a different mead team now, and there's there's more angles of threat, I suppose you'd say. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the game from two years ago holds very little comparison. Um, to, to to this weekend's game for the simple reason it's a, it's a very different panel on the Cavan side. There are yeah. a number of changes on the Mead side, but that day David Givney, um, you know, Grode McCairn and Shawnee Johnston all played huge roles. And while Grode might be fit to play this weekend, Shawnee Johnston won't be back in time for the Mead game from what we're hearing. But who's the players? Who's the the players that you think on the Cavan side that that will cause maybe Mead some trouble? Well, uh, having seen them against Loud last week, I thought that uh, Quivine O'Reilly was absolutely excellent. And he now, he, if he if he plays at full forward, he's going to be marked by Conor McGill, who's back in the mid team as well. He's a retired man playing at full back. Um, he's a tough cookie, but I think that. Uh, Quivine would ha- could have the better of him if the ball is played in early and in front. Quivine could win that out in front. And then if, if they've got the likes of, I, I don't know whether Mackey is going to start or not on the weekend, uh, but if you've got the likes of 
uh, Kean Mackey and uh, McVitie coming off the shoulder. You know, that's that's uh, that, that, that's what you need. You need Cavan need to get when Tweedy and O'Reilly gets on the ball, they need to have players coming off the shoulder so that they can open up that meat defence. Meat, although they go quite defensive at times, they still got kind of go man to man. They don't have a sweeper as such. So there is there is areas in that back line where they leave lads man to man. So again, it, it, they play a very similar style both teams, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see who can who can uh, work their magic the best, I suppose. So being the only man in Mead who's seen both Cavan and Mead play, there's a funny antidote on your uh, on your We Are Mead podcast. Absolutely brilliant one. People should listen into that to hear Andy McIntyre's story about how he missed out on the Cavan Clare game. But you're the only Mead man that has seen Cavan. Who's going to win this game? Oh, look at you. Uh, can I say a draw, Damien? No, you can't. The fence is broke, Mickey, from the last time you sat on it. <laughs> um, look, if I suppose, again, as I said, if you look at it realistically, uh, Calvin struggled to get a uh, draw against Clare um, and Mead demolished Clare. And it really, their, their first half performance against Clare warranted more scores. They just weren't able to get them on the scoreboard. But in the second half, they really went to town on Clare. Um, Calvin struggled to get the draw down on Clare. And uh, it, was a, it was a Brian McGee free in the end yeah. that, that saw them uh, getting that free. And he's been playing well as well. I think I saw him there against Loud. He scored one three against Loud last weekend. And, uh, you know, Mead of a big midfield. And if Calvin can, can win their own kickouts in this game, They'll go a long way to to uh, getting getting two points against uh, me, but I, I just I just fear that me they're just a little bit stronger than Cavan at the minute. Cavan, I suppose, waiting for the likes of Gerald McKiernan, for the likes of Shawnee Johnston, for the likes of Kean Mackey, all to get back to full fitness so that they could be at full strength. Whereas I think Mead are probably at full strength at the minute. Right. Excellent stuff, Mickey. Thanks a million for joining us on the We Are Calvin podcast. Not a problem, Damien. Looking for somewhere for a post-match point? To catch up on the crack and discuss the game? Why not call into Michael Mooney at the Sleeve Ross Bar, College Street in Calvin Town? The Sleeve Ross is famed for its warm, friendly atmosphere and great points. So drop into Michael and staff today. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, so look at Mickey. Mickey's wearing two hats this weekend. Um, he's Always sitting, does. Yeah, he's sitting on the fence. <laughs> but uh, it's like, look at Cavan Mead, bigger picture. The winner of this looks for promotion. The loser of this game is saying, right, well, we need Loud and we need Claire to continue to lose. Real, realistically, isn't it? Realistically, yeah. Like, uh, looking back through the results, uh, in four of the last five years in Division 2, a team has gone down on five points. Mm-hmm. And another year, a team went down on six, which was Armagh. So five, five won't get you safe. Uh, you're going to need six to be 100 percent safe. Some teams have stayed up on five on on head to head or whatever, but six should get you safe. But I mean, in one year out of five, Armagh went down on six. So um, I think Cavan are going to need two wins to be safe. But if you're getting two wins, then you're going to be looking up the table. I mean, that's it. That's well, what well, well, is, over is a seven game league. Like that's that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, is 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 eight or nine? enough for promotion you know out of seven games probably not 
you're, you're probably talking nine, ten. You're in promotion area. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't look at the top end of the table, but <laughs> so your glass half empty sort of guy. <laughs> yeah, I can't deny that. <laughs> but yeah, look, I think um, Matty Medina deserves great credit for for he he was dealt a, a difficult hand with losing mm. so many players, and he's after uh, the run beaten in two games. Everyone would have taken that. Um, and the one thing about it is the players seem to have bought into it. So he, he mightn't have the best players in the county, but he ha- all the players he has are playing for him, and I think that's a good thing. And the funny thing is that, that the more you delve into the conversation with the people who aren't involved, th- there are a lot of genuine reasons why lads aren't involved. I'm sure there are, you yeah, know, I'm sure so there are. And I'd see, Kevin O'Reilly continues to develop. Like He only got into the team really last year for the last game of the year against yeah. Tipperary, but uh, like he has shown now in flashes, uh, flashes really against Clare, but he showed it for for most of the time he was on the last season that he's got the makings of a, of a great forward, yeah. and that's what we need more than anything. Because Darren McFeely has developed into a, a real class intercounty player, in my opinion, and and possibly to describe him as a forward. Yeah, Darren McFeely is now a forward, and forward. it is Matty McLean who's put that role onto him. Yeah, so well, the inside forward thing definitely, um, Matty McLean. Like he did play a forward with the Cav Miners. Mm. Um, when he was that age but I never would have seen him as an inside forward but last year he showed him when he got thrown in there for half the games and stuff like that that he, he was very, very dangerous in there so I think I think Give us your all, prediction Will Cavan beat Mead? Uh, people, have said to, people have said to me that I love Terry Highland and, and now I'm going the tone of the coverage in the anglo Celt has changed but all I've said to that is the results have changed when Terry Highland was last manager Cavan won five games in a row uh, in the league for the first time since 2006 so, um, I'm, but I'm going to have to be honest. I don't think Cavan will beat me. No, um, I love. I'd love to see it, obviously. But I don't think Cavan will beat me. If Cavan beat me, uh, you'll have to give massive, massive credit to to Matty Medina because Mead, as Mickey just said, there Mead are on the up a little bit, and they've got um, a very strong panel. They've a very strong bench as well this year, and Mead are going to be coming down to Kingspan Breffney expecting to win that game. So if Cavan can beat Mead, anything's possible. But I just think it's, it might be a big ask. But you never know with Garoge and those fellas coming back. You just never know. Yeah, you just never know. And I think, I think the the lights. I think the the Saturday night game. Um, it it could it could all just play into Calvin's hands. We're very used to playing Saturday night games in Kingspan Breffney under lights. Um, I don't think Mead are, are as used to those sort of scenarios. So I think it might just play enough into into Calvin's hands. I think a draw would be a good result here for Calvin as well. A draw or a win obviously would be a very good result, and possibly even a narrow defeat would show progress. You know, I think Mead four or five weeks ago we'd have said are are, are well ahead of Calvin at the mo- at that point. Um, now we're, we're getting closer to it, so well, we have to adjust our expectation, like uh, and, and realize where Calvin are at at the minute. It's a new look team for the most part. With it's a strange place to be in because. They do have they have a lot of really good seasoned players like McVitie, Martin Riley, Garoge McKernan. Um Martin Riley was great coming back as well. Oh, so he's brilliant. He, he's a brilliant player, yeah. like it has been yeah. for a good few years. But they're they're very good intercounty players who at the right age and, and, and Killian Clark as well and fellas like that. But then they've they have a whole host of fellas that are completely new and a lot of them don't even have huge underage experience with, with the county mm. at, at the highest level. So Yeah. Look at uh, it's a funny place to be in, but you'd hope that the 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 ex- experienced established lads will continue to provide that leadership so the best of luck to them all yeah best of luck just want to bring your attention to a fundraising event being uh, run by Club Breffney Dublin Branch it's uh, Cavan GA presents Under the Bed it's a play by Seamus O'Rourke 
Um, it's on in the Helix on the 21st of February. That's a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. If you want tickets for it, you can go to www.thehelix.ie. Uh, should be a really entertaining play. All of Seamus O'Rourke's plays are. But to give you a wee bit of background into the play, uh, Eugene McPartland is woken by his brother Pat in the middle of the night in 1979. Not only does Pat wake him, but he's in his good suit, and he has uh, the lights in the bedroom and in the landing on as well, burning up the electricity. And now he wants to talk. So should be a very entertaining play. As I say, it's in the Helix on Wednesday, the February 21st at 8pm. Um, and keep an eye on our Facebook page on wearecavin.com. We will have a competition where you can win two tickets to that play. So uh, keep an eye on our Facebook page for that one. I want to thank um, Paul Fitzpatrick from the Anglo Celt for his contribution as always. Mickey Brennan, my co-commentator, who will be in the hot seat with me on Saturday night. And uh, Connie O'Reilly and everybody over in the United States who are doing such Trojan work in um, gathering funds for the Centre of Excellence, the Polo Grounds Centre of Excellence. I don't think that name should be lost out on it. Um, thanks a million to everybody who's, who's working so hard over in the United States. And best of luck to Cavan. Um, this weekend in all of their games. Romar Energy offer the best energy solutions for your home and business. We offer A-rated condensing boilers for gas and oil, solar thermal water heating systems and cost-effective systems for generating heat. So if you want us to help you cut your fuel bill by 50%, check out romarenergy.ie. Romar Energy, working towards a greener planet.